So here we are. This is where I love to come and have a quiet time. You know, they say that you ought to have a place. You ought to have a place where you get alone, a quiet place where you can pray. I love this place. Like right now, I love watching the sun come up. It's so, so beautiful. Talking about a place reminds me when I was a teenager, I was actually this camp counselor. And I'll never forget, it was on a Sunday night. We just had literally thousands of teenagers check in. And I was going to have about 30 of them in my dorm. And so that Sunday night, uh, 27, 30 uh, guys, you know, in my dorm. And I remember going out. And I, I went out and, and uh, I was meeting with the, uh, the adults that came with them. Some of them were student pastors and student leaders. And I remember, I remember asking them, how can I pray for your students? How can I pray for your teenagers? And so, man, it, it went on for probably, I don't know, 10 minutes where different men were sharing. Pray for this guy, John. You know, John's a really good guy. He's a star on the football team, but John kind of has this going on with his family. John really needs to pray. And so after 10 minutes, we went all the way around. Uh, I gave direction and I said, guys, this is what we're going to do. I said, um, Bob, why don't you start us in prayer? We'll, we'll pray all the way around. And I said, and then I'll close. And then I'll close. And so we stood out there. Now listen, it had been a long Sunday. It's been a really long Sunday. And, and I'm out there and different guys are praying. And, and somewhere along the way, I fell asleep. I didn't just fall asleep. I think I stayed asleep for a little bit. And then I remember waking up. Now, I didn't open my eyes, but I remember coming to my senses and thinking, oh, crap, I fell asleep. And I didn't know where they were. And so I went, mm, God, yes. God, as we just reflect, and what I did is I faked. I faked. I faked that I'd been in the spirit of prayer. I fell asleep. I had fallen asleep. And then I pretended like I was just with them, burdened. Mm, yes, Jesus. <laughs> and the truth is, this guy had fallen asleep. You know, the truth is that as Christians, if we're not careful... Prayer is an area where it's really easy to fall asleep. And I'm not just talking like I fell asleep, but I'm talking about falling asleep to the fact that we need to pray. Prayer is so important. See, if you don't pray, you will become Satan's prey. Did you hear that? If, if we don't invest time praying, we will become Satan's prey. Prayer is huge. So today, we're at, at our neighborhood at the dock. This is my favorite spot, well, probably my favorite spot in the world. I love to come out here, and I love to connect with God. My hat, my hat says known. That is because I am known by God, and God wants to be fully known. One of the best ways to know God is to know His heart. And how do you know God's heart. Well, I want to tell you that you know God's heart through prayer. 
You know, when I walk down to the dock, what I love to do is I love to listen to God songs. You know, we call them praise and worship songs. Let's talk about it real quick. Praise is how you come into God's presence. Praise is when you recognize God for who He is. And then when you give thanks, Thanksgiving we call it, and it's, it's a happy Thanksgiving because that's when we recognize not who God is, that's praise, but what God has done. And God has done so much for me. I mean, I walk out here, I've got two feet, I get to come out here and connect with God. You know, Paul said this, Paul said that I may know Him. One of the ways that I prepare for prayer is by listening to God's songs. And what that does is it gets my heart ready to talk to God. The Word of God is powerful. So the Word of God, I'm listening to these songs. They're songs about God, who He is, what He has done, and it's preparing my heart for God to speak to me. Because here's what I know. When I read the Bible, that is God's text message speaking to me. When I pray... That is me talking to God. And God not only wants to talk to me, God wants me to talk to Him. I want you, I'm going to pull out my phone. Man, if you have your smartphones, your tablets, I want you to go to Matthew. Matthew, the tax collector. Matthew had some interesting things to say about prayer. Matthew said this, Matthew 6. He said, when you pray, here's what I love. He doesn't say if you pray. Matthew says when you pray. In other words, this is something I'm supposed to be doing. As a Jesus follower, I got to get my pray game on. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners in the churches where everyone can see them. In other words, they're like, pick me, pick me. I want to pray. I want to pray. What they're saying is, I want to press. I want to press. I want to press. Pick me, pick me. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. In other words, they wanted to pray in public, but they never prayed in private. Why? Because no one else could see them pray in private. It was just a show. And they wanted to take that show on the road. I love this verse. But when you pray, go away by yourself. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to our Father in private. Isn't that good? Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their, their words again and again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask Him. So in other words, God already knows what I need. So I don't have to keep repeating myself over and over. I just talk to God. That's what prayer is. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to talk to other people? Prayer is talking to God. The scripture goes on and says this. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. But pray like this. Our Father. 
And I, I don't know what kind of father you had, but God is a heavenly father. He's this perfect father. He is amazing. And he wants you and I to come to him. And in fact, the scripture uses this word, Abba. And the word Abba means daddy. It's the picture of a little kid reaching up to his father and saying, Daddy! Scripture says that we can come to our Heavenly Father just like that, with the faith of a child. And it says, man, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation or give in. But rescue us from the evil one. See, if we don't pray, we will become the devil's prey. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. We got to pray. Jesus prayed. Jesus would get up early and he would pray. And his disciples would wake up and where's Jesus? He's off praying. So the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. They didn't say Jesus. I mean, Jesus, teach us how to preach like you preach. Jesus, teach us to do miracles like you do miracles. They said, Jesus, teach us not even how to pray. They knew how to pray. They'd been with Jesus. But they asked one simple request. Jesus, teach us to pray. You know, John 17, the whole chapter is Jesus praying. I thought that's awesome that there's a whole chapter in the Bible where the whole thing is just, just a prayer. And what's interesting is John 17 comes right before John 18, and John 18 records the arrest and the trial, or should we say the mistrial of Jesus. And so what is Jesus doing right before all hell breaks loose? He's praying. And he prays for himself, then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers. And I bring with me, when I come out here to pray, you know, we talked about prep time. I bring my Bible, got my highlighters, got my phone, got my music. One of the things that I love is this book right here, Walking with God. Um, John Eldridge, one of my favorite authors, wrote an incredible book. But my favorite part about the book is at the end. And it's called The Daily Prayer. You can actually get his app. Ransom Heart Ministries. You can get that app, download it on your phone, and 
so many good things on that app, but one of them is the daily prayer. You know, I began praying this prayer back in uh, 2009, and I can honestly say that, man, praying through this, this helped me learn how to pray. Like on the practical side, you know, like I know on the spiritual side, I know I'm supposed to pray, but on the practical side, that this prayer actually helped me learn how to pray. And so when I pray, I pray and I talk to Jesus and I talk to Abba Father and I talk to the Holy Spirit because they're, they're, they're three in one and, and I talk to them and I pray and, and this prayer, you know, I open up with this. I open up with this, Abba Father, may the thing that matters most to me be what you and you alone think of me. You know why I pray that prayer? I pray that prayer because there have been a lot of times in my life where I worried about what other people thought of me. There have been times in my life where I was more concerned about what he or she thought instead of what God thought. And so I open up this prayer takes me about 15 minutes to pray through and it's amazing in this prayer like I bring my family under God's authority and protection I pray for my wife I pray for my kids and I pray for them by name I pray for my leadership I pray for our church I pray about the things that I wrestle with the things I struggle with the sins that so easily trip me up. In fact, there's a section here where it says, man, pray about anything that you've been struggling with. And since 2009, I just began to write as I would pray and God would bring to my attention. I'd begin to write the words down and say, God, I'm struggling with this. God, help me. Some of this here is blurry and it's blurry because those were times where tears, and talking about being authentic, where I was so connected to God, and God was showing me, Tim, you gotta change this in your life. I love this daily prayer. But the, the coolest thing is this, at the end of the prayer is when I put on the armor of God, and I pray this prayer, and you need to pray this prayer. In other words, listen, I know that when you give your life to Christ, it can get harder. Yeah, because the enemy is coming after you. He had you before. He didn't care. But now he comes after you. But you know, we have weapons of mass destruction. And you don't have to just sit there and let the enemy beat you up. But you can pray the prayer. And here's how I do it. I pray. I say, Lord, I say, God, I put on the helmet of salvation and I put on the breastplate of your righteousness. God, today, protect my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus then I put on the belt of truth. I say, Lord, I put on the belt of truth. Help me to know and believe the truth about you. Help me to know and believe the truth about me. Like even my blind spots. God, help me to know and believe the truth about others. And you know that God has hooked a brother up more than once because I pray that prayer. God has exposed things maybe relationships that I needed to keep guarded from because I pray that belt of truth. Then I put on the shoes of the gospel and I pray for cosmic collisions that God would allow me to run into people and be able to share the good news and the hope that's within me. And then lastly, I pick up the shield of faith 
and the sword of the Spirit. And I choose to use these weapons at all times, in all places, in the power of Almighty God. And then I have this, man. This, this is where I've collected prayers, um, you know, over, over the years. And this has helped me, again, on the practical side, learn how to pray. And, it, and what I've learned is, is to pray out loud. Because when I just pray quietly, my mind drifts. Yours does that too, doesn't it? It drifts. And so when I pray out loud, my mind doesn't drift quite as much. One of the prayers you received as a gift recently. Remember the mixology card? The mixology card that we gave out? It came from right here. One of these prayers, the commission of faith. Lord, today I accept my calling. Not to perfection or performance, but my calling is to faith. I've been chosen for this generation. You have the card. I hope you're still praying it at 810. Stephanie said alarm clock. We pray this 810 every day. Prayer's a game changer. And if you want to change your life, then change and make prayer a priority. So here's a thought that I want us to wrap our minds around is that prayer doesn't just have to be this thing where I get up super early and I pray and then I don't ever pray again the rest of the day. In fact, if I understand 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I understand that prayer is more like breathing. We breathe all day long. I mean, I don't want to just breathe in the morning. I want to breathe all day. I want to breathe at lunchtime. I want to breathe when I'm getting off of work. I want to breathe in the gym. I want to breathe when I'm around my family. I want to breathe at the dinner table. I want to breathe when I'm watching a movie. I want to breathe when I'm taking a shower. That's how prayer is. Prayer is us being able to access God. And to talk to God. And the really cool thing is, He's waiting. And He's wanting. You remember from last week, God wants us, and God wants us to want Him. And one of the ways that we show God we want Him is by talking to Him. So what if, what if your whole thought about prayer, what if it changed? And what if you understood that prayer wasn't this thing so far away that you can't wrap your arms around? It's this thing that you can't understand. It's this thing that you just feel like, like you're incompetent about. And what if, what if we just simplified prayer? What if we boiled it down to the fact that prayer is like breathing and it's necessary and I need it often? So I want to encourage you to talk to God often, to never stop praying. Do you know that you can pray the scripture? Like you can pray Bible verses. And here's what's really cool. When you pray a a Bible verse, you can know that you're praying exactly God's will. How cool is that? There's this verse that has helped me so many times. Sometimes I struggle with worry. Do you ever struggle with worry? Man, I worry about the stupidest things. Well, there's a verse that's so powerful. It's in Philippians 4, 6, and it says this. Maybe you want to take your phones out and look at it. But it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray 
about everything. How much better would my life be? How much better would your life be if instead of worrying about anything, what if we prayed about everything? Listen to this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Now, this is a really important part here of prayer. When I come into prayer, I want to come in. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to come into prayer and I want to begin to praise God for who He is. And then I want to thank Him for what He's done in my life. And what that does is it prepares my heart. It prepares the mix of my heart for Him. And it's during that time that all of a sudden God begins stirring my heart. And and this perfect mix of prayer and praise are the key ingredients that all of a sudden begin to get my heart in a place where I can connect with Him. And so instead of praying, we worry. And God says, no. I mean, I really think if, if God and I could go to Starbucks and sit down and have a conversation and a cappuccino together, I think one of the things he would tell me, I think he would say, Tim, why do you worry? You've got me, Tim. Like, you can pray. That my dad used to always uh, sing this song. I can hear him sing it today. And he would sing the song, and it was, Why worry when you can pray? Why worry? What, what, if, we, what if we downloaded that? that truth into our heart today. Why worry when I can pray? So here's what I want you to do. The next time that you are beginning to worry, I want you to call yourself out. Say, I don't need to worry. Why worry when I can pray? Philippians 4, 6, it goes on to say this. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's done. And then, it's conditional, after you thank him for what he's done, after you've told him what you need, then you will experience God's peace. Listen, people do drugs. Why? Because they want peace. They want a break. They want to get away. You know how you get away? You get away when you pray. You know how you stay away? You stay away from fear and anxiety when you pray. Then the peace, God's peace, You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. So how do I calm my heart? And how do I calm my mind? I calm it through prayer. And then my hearts and my minds will be guarded and I can live in Christ Jesus. I love this. I don't have to worry. I can pray. Prayer is so powerful. This very spot right here, I love to come out. I come out, love to come out early in the morning. I love to come out late at night because this spot right here, man, at nighttime, when on a great night, the stars feel like you can touch them. They're like right there. And, and this, is, this is my prayer spot. This is where I connect with God. And for me, the nature helps me. I mean, the water helps me feel like so close to God. And it makes me makes it really easy for me to pray. I challenge you to find a place, get a space where you can be alone with God. One of my favorite things about the dock here is is that I can see Navarre Beach and I can see Pensacola Beach. 
in Navarre, listen to this. Before we ever had our first vision cast, I prayed for you. I didn't know your name. I didn't know everyone that would come, but I knew that many people in Navarre are disconnected from God. And I knew many people needed to know that God loves them. So I'd come right out here to this dock and I would pray. And I'd pray like this. I'd put my hand this way because Navarre Beach is right there. Yeah, Portofino is right there. Pensacola Beach is right there. And I'd stretch my arms and I'd pray. There's this guy, and I'll close with this. There's this guy in the Bible. His name was Jabez. And Jabez, his mama, gave birth to him and almost died. And she gave him the name Jabez, meaning pain. Kind of like my last name. You know, he, uh, Jabez didn't, didn't, didn't have a lot written about him. But what Jabez did have was some really cool words. And it was this, that Jabez prayed. And you know what Jabez prayed? It's a prayer I pray. It's a prayer that is on my desk in my office. I've tried to pray it as often as I can, and you can pray it too. And Jabez prayed this. He prayed. He said, God, I prayed that you would bless me. Bless me. Bless me indeed. He was serious about it. Did you know that there's some blessings that God has for you that you will never get unless you pray and ask for them? There's this guy, his name was John Rice, and he simplified prayer. He said, prayer is asking. In fact, prayer is like knocking. The Bible says that we're supposed to keep on knocking. And it's like seeking, and we're supposed to keep on seeking. And prayer is like asking, and we are to keep on asking. And Jabez said, God, I pray that you would bless me. I pray that you would bless me indeed. And I pray that you would enlarge my coast. That's what I pray out here because there's, there it is right there, man. I've got the sound right here, the gulf on the other side, and the national seashore right in front of me. I would stretch out my arms and begin to pray that prayer of Jabez and begin to pray that God would not only help us reach Gulf Breeze, but that God would give us Navarre. And I'd stretch out my hands and I'd pray and I would believe God. And I did it more than once. You know why? Because you never stop praying. It's like breathing. And I would pray and I would believe. And then we were coming up on our first vision cast. And then we, then we, we were coming up on our second vision cast. Then we're coming up on, on September 14th, man, our first gathering. And I would pray. And when I prayed, I believed. I believed that God had heard me. And I believed that God was going to bless me. One of the greatest prayers that you can ever pray is the prayer of salvation. And if you're, if you're wondering, like, I don't know where I am with God. I don't know if I have a relationship with God. Like, I just don't know. If you don't have peace, in other words, if you don't have peace with God, then I want to challenge you to hear what God says. It's really simple. Number one, God says that you and I are loved by Him. God created us and He created us because He loved us. 
in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. God made this place. It was good. And then man and woman, they sinned. They disobeyed. And now sin entered the garden. And sin spread like cancer. And it took over humankind. And unfortunately, it created this gap. It created a chasm where you are separated from God. You've known that. I mean, haven't you felt separated from God? And, and, and haven't you done everything in your own strength to try to reconnect? I mean, that's why people go to church. That's why people do good deeds is because inside we know something went wrong. Something is missing. Well, the bad news is, yeah, something went missing and it was our heart. Because our heart left God and it went after sin. In other words, we pursued sin instead of God. But here's the good news. That's the bad news. The good news is that while we were sinners, Christ, he died. Why did he die? For us. And he died for us because God is for us. And some of you, you need to hear that today. That God is for you. God loves you. And right now, this is your divine appointment. This is your time to receive the love of God. And maybe, maybe you're like, Tim, I don't get it. I don't get everything about God. I, I got questions. I got a lot of questions. I have things that just don't add up for me in the Bible. I don't get it. Get in line. I got questions too. But that did not keep me from God's love and it shouldn't keep you either. Scripture tells us that if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, that is that we believe that Jesus died on the cross. Did you know that Jesus died for you? Did you know that? He died on the cross for you. In other words, if you were the only person that ever lived and you were a sinner, Christ would have still died for you. It's for everyone, but it's for you, the individual. That's how much he loves you. And, and when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't do anything wrong. He died to pay for the wrong that I did. In fact, the Bible t says this. The Bible says that God became sin. He took your sin. Every time you lied, every time I lied, every time I stole, every time I took God's name in vain, God took those sins and he became my sin. You know why? So you and I could be forgiven. And when Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood. And that blood is the only thing that can cleanse us of our sins. And that's why, that's why scripture says, if we will confess our sins, but you got to confess first, you got to humble yourself. You got to admit that what God says about you and me is true. And that is we are disconnected, separated from God. But then we also recognize that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he die? Because he loved us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. And it's not talking about the animals. It's talking about people. It's talking about you and me. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have eternal life. Do you know today that if you were to die, you would go to heaven? Do you have the peace that you have peace with God? If not, then I want to lead you right now, wherever you are, in what is called the sinner's prayer. Listen, 
for thousands and thousands of years, sinners just like me and you have turned to God and confessed with their mouth and believed with their heart that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And people just like you and me have been changed on the inside, reconnected with the God who loves them. So here's what we're going to do, Momentum Church. Here's what we're going to do if you're watching online right now. I want to challenge you to bow your head right now. I want to challenge you to repeat after me this prayer. And you're not going through me. You're going through Jesus. Jesus is the one that connects sinful man with holy God. So let's pray. And church, we're going to pray this out loud. We're going to say it together because we believe that there are people in Navarre. We believe there are people in Gulf Breeze. We believe there are people online. We believe that there are people who will pray this today for the first time. And we believe in doing things together. So let's pray right now. You repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me. I accept your love and all that comes with it. Thank you for shedding your blood on the cross so I could be made clean. Thank you for rising again on the third day so that I could have new life. I give you my life and I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you did that, we believe based on the authority of God's word, God who never lies, we believe that you just passed from death to life. And man, we're going to celebrate. So here's what I want to do. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to be embarrassed. Do not be ashamed. In fact, in fact, Jesus said, whoever receives me will not be ashamed. And we're, we're embarrassment free environment. We would do nothing to embarrass you. So on the count of three, I want you to hold your hand up. Here's what's going to happen. Like we're going to clap. If you're watching online, hold your hand up too, because God sees you. I want you to hold your hand up. We're going to be clapping for you too. And then what's going to happen is our host team are going to come, and they're going to give a new believer's Bible and a next steps booklet. And they're going to put that, they're going to give that gift to you. You know why? Because today is your spiritual birthday. So right now, on the count of three, wherever you are, I want you to hold your hand up. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on, church. Come on, guys. That's right. Hold it up. Hold up your hand. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. That's right. Hold it up. Just hold your hand up and keep it up. Keep it up. We're going to get you that Bible and that Next Steps booklet. We want you to read that. and We want to help you take your next right step. Come on, church. This is incredible. I'm so proud of you. Listen, if today, whether you raised your hand and you got the gift or not, we want you right down front. You're going to see them standing down front, holding their hand up. We have leaders that will be out at the tent. I want you to go out to the tent and tell them, I gave my life to Jesus today. 
That's the greatest thing that can ever happen. I'm so proud of you. And if you're watching online, listen, you can go online on our website and you can click the button and let us know that today you gave your life to Christ. And we'll be more than happy to send you a New Believer's Bible and also a Next Steps booklet. So glad that you did. And, and here's the cool thing. One day you'll say, I'm so glad I did instead of I wish I had.